Hello, you wonderful humans, and welcome to episode 15 of the Embers Collective podcast. This month, we have a Celtic mythology special, uh, specifically from the province of Ulster. First up, we have The Curse of Maka, told by myself, Lonan Jenkins, with music by the one and only Tim Carp. Enjoy. goddess of war, goddess of death, goddess of fertility. She who has the power to give and also take away, to bring life or leave behind suffering. She has taken many forms. She was the raven who was present at the death of the great Cucullin. You sat on his shoulder as he dyed his blood and guts spilling into the ground beneath him. She was the daughter of Red Hugh, the Kai king of Ireland who when her father died she killed one brother and married the other to take her father's kingdom. And she was the ill-fated wife of Crunyuk, which is quite a CV. Cronyuk lived on a small farm in a lonely and secluded part of Ulster. His wife had died a few years earlier, leaving him to look after the farm and their three children. And to be honest, he wasn't doing a great job. He spent his days out working in the field so that his children were neglected, wild and hungry, and his house was a mess. One evening, as he was out working on the fields... A fierce storm rolled in quicker than Cronyuk had ever seen. As the winds and rain began to whip around him, he ran quickly back to the house as fast as he could. And when he walked in, he could tell that something was different. First of all, the house was clean and tidy, and his children were sitting quietly in the corner playing together, and there was the smell of the most delicious food wafting from the kitchen. After a few moments of standing with his mouth wide open, a woman emerged from the kitchen, greeting him with a smile. She began to lay food out on the table and moved with such confidence and grace she seemed to be at home. Kronyuk didn't dare ask who she was or how she got there. And after they ate, the woman put the children to bed and read to them as if she were their mother. And then she drew Kronyuk to the sofa where he liked to sleep. Kronyuk thought that maybe the whole thing was a dream or perhaps it was the spirit of his wife or someone from the fairyland, so he said nothing. And he allowed himself to be wrapped up in her arms, feeling the warmth of her body. And soon he was enjoying her strong, rhythmic lovemaking. They 
They lived together as husband and wife for many years. And Cronyok never asked where she came from, and she never let slip even a hint of her past. She took great care of his children, which meant he could focus on the land, and soon his farm grew and prospered, and so did his status. So much so that he was invited to a feast of the king of Ulster, Conor MacNyasa. But by now, Crunyuk's wife was heavily pregnant and would not be able to accompany him. So he was ready to refuse the invitation, but his wife insisted that he go. This is too good an opportunity to turn down, she told him. But hold your tongue, husband. Do not speak a word of me to anyone, no matter what. My wife, said Crunyuk. I have kept our secret this long, have no fear. Trust me. And with that, Krunyuk made his way to the court of the king. The feast was a three-day celebration as the king had just purchased three jet-black stallions from Spain, which were said to be the fastest horses in all the land. Musicians and storytellers gathered from all over the country. There was dancing, singing, wrestling, dog racing, horse racing, with the main event of the weekend being a chariot race with the king's horses. Cronyuk had never been to a feast like it. There was so much music and wine and dancing and wine and singing and wine and food and wine. So much wine. One evening he found himself in the company of the warriors of the Red Branch, and they all sat around discussing their wives. Each man boasted about how their wives were the most beautiful, but Krunyuk bit his tongue. And the men boasted which of their wives was best with a sword, but again Krunyuk bit his tongue. Then the man began to boast about which of their wives were the best cooks, but still Krunyuk bit his tongue. All the while, he continued to fill his glass with wine as the men debated and talked until his head began to swirl and spin. And Krunyuk was a terrible drunk, the type who likes to put his arm around you and tell you exactly what he thinks about you. You know the kind? The men began to talk about the king's horses and how they were the fastest that anyone had ever seen. Wrapped in the cloak of wine, Krunyuk snorted. <laughs> the men turned their attention to him. Those horses, he declared. My wife could run faster than those horses. You know that feeling when you've said something you really shouldn't have? And you watch it tumble out of your mouth and wish you could grasp it back, but suddenly you're standing in the middle of a huge stadium of people, all of their eyes staring at you in silence, judging you, and you're frozen to the spot and you can't move. Well, that's kind of how Kronyuk felt. 
Word got back to the king, who was furious, and immediately sent for Cronyok and took him captive. He demanded that the wife of Cronyok be brought to the court to race against him in his chariot with his horses. Or... Cronyuk would lose his head. I-, I was joking, I was just joking, said Cronyuk, rapidly beginning to sober up, but the king wouldn't budge. Cronyuk's wife had just finished preparing lunch for his children when there was a knock on the door. Two warriors of the Red Branch stood and explained to her what had happened, as a mixture of rage and sadness rose up inside of her at her husband's stupidity. I would race the king's horses to save my husband, she told them. But as you can see, I am heavily pregnant. The warriors told her that orders were orders. And their orders were to take her to the king. She walked into the king's hall, her head held high. And she gave her husband a look that would have turned milk sour. She stood in front of the king and she looked him straight in the eye. You can see, my lord, that I cannot race today. But if you give me one month, I will happily return and race for my husband's life. We will not wait, replied the king. Your husband has insulted us. And if you do not make good on his boast, he will die. She took one deep breath and turned to look at her husband in chains. I will race for your life, she told him, but I will never return to your hearth. Kronjok's wife walked down onto the start line as people pressed in all around her. Some laughed and pointed at her, some shouted insults. She looks like a fat cow, someone shouted, and the crowd laughed. The king, in his chariot with his great horses out in front, pulled up next to her. The course was explained, and she bit her lip, trying to block out the cheering crowd around her. gentlemen, the king's horse seemed to be gaining momentum, but oh dear, Cronyok's wife has caught them on the first stride. The dust is rising now, but we can see them coming down around into the sharp bend. The king is really pushing those horses, but she is not giving up. What's this? What's this? The king's horse is slipping behind around the final bend and into the home straight. Oh dear, she does not look good at all. Cronyok's wife does not look good. Her face is twisted in agony as her feet are pounding the ground inch by inch by inch. She's moving closer towards the finish line there. There seems to be blood. There seems to be blood. Uh, oh dear, uh, uh, she doesn't look good at all, but she's still ahead. were silent now as she fell to the ground. Blood was pouring from between her legs into the dust and the dirt. What was once a fine day, the sky was now covered with grey clouds and thunder rolling in from the distance. The woman screamed as the rain began to fall and there in the dirt with the people of Ulster looking on in a rush of blood she gave birth to two twins boy and a girl. But she had lost too much blood, and the life began to drain from her. 
Summoning one last bit of strength, she got up on her knees as the thunder cracked overhead. Her face twisted and distorted in pain and rage as she declared her curse. Men of Ulster, my name is Maka. You have shown me no mercy in my moment of weakness and I will show you no mercy in yours. From this moment on, and for nine generations, whenever Ulster is in danger and you need your strength the most, you will be struck down by the pains of childbirth for five days and four nights. And so it was that whenever the men of Ulster faced any danger, when they came under any attack or threat of war, they would be incapacitated by the pains of childbirth for five days and four nights. Until one hero came along who was immune to the curse. But that's a story for another time. So let this be a lesson to you. Never piss off pregnant goddess. Ah, okay, great. Hi, everyone. Hi, everybody. Thanks for the story, Lennon. That was beautiful. You're very welcome. Um, That was The Curse of Maka. Music by me. Story by you. And there's no one else here today. No, it's it's just just two of us. We can make it if we try. (laughs) So how was that, Tim? Doing the music on that one? How was the music? Oh, it was fine. It's lovely. I know that story quite well, so it's quite fun to do that one yeah. did it quite differently today yeah. than i normally do it but that's quite normal anyway i do it differently every time anyway because yeah. you know who wants to do the same thing again yeah yeah we've done it a few times at like some of our women warriors events and then i did it i did it at the crack crack club a couple of months ago um but we don't like we started off doing celtic mythology quite a lot didn't we that was kind of our first few events and and we i guess we've broadened it and we do we do sort of lots of different stuff, but it's quite nice. I quite like coming back to those stories. I guess they're like stories set in my home province and mm. have a lot of um, like I remember them, even if I didn't know the stories in depth as a kid. I remember the characters and the, and the the sort of imagery and everything is quite mm. quite strong. Is it, are they quite popular in Ireland? Like the whole Ulster cycle. Then? Um, some of the stories are and and you get these like you know when you're kids that you get all these books of like kids versions of the stories um that specific one no but definitely the Cúchulainn stories and then there's you know some of the ones that are not in the in the Ulster cycle but like the children of Lear is a really common story that we would you know you would have as a kid or at least I was anyway um I think I probably have a book at home of like children's versions of 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 this these mythologies myths mm. and legends, um, Finn McCool get lot you know all of those stories. So yeah, and and it's interesting because I I remember telling the Cucullin story at a family party, and everyone had different ideas of what they remember from it as a child, but had never really heard it as an adult, and never really like. Were they going? No, that's not how it happened. Yeah, some of them were like, oh, I thought. You know, I thought Satanta was the dog, and I thought, yeah, all of this kind of stuff, and and um, but obviously, like, 
you know, everyone's aware of it because you get, you know, like, for example, Satanta Sports is named after it and, and you get, you know, bars named after it and pubs and restaurants and everything. So all the names sort of permeate through into the modern day, even if people don't actually know mm. the stories, you know, in depth or specifically. Um, but I was, I was listening to a really great podcast um, today. It was actually the Blind Boy podcast. And he was talking to a guy who is literally who I want to be when I'm older, who was a professor of, uh, I think, a professor of folklore and mythology and also a humanist celebrant. And he um, also is like an expert on ancient animal sacrifices and paganism and like just like has a massive in-depth knowledge on on Irish traditions and old pagan traditions and Celtic traditions and and very much like keeping them alive and and talking about them um and it was great he was talking about how you know traditionally we weren't actually a very uh visual um group of people we weren't we like we don't have lots of paintings and drawings and sculptures as you would see from like ancient Greece or from those eras but what we did have was an oral tradition and that mm. has carried on and why storytelling is very much a, a, such an important thing in Ireland is is that that tradition has come from such a long way back and we weren't that visual so we talked about stuff and yeah. and it's really nice to like think about that it's been going on for thousands of years you know yeah yeah I like the uh what you were saying about you know everybody having different ideas of how it happened and and stuff and it's just it just sums up what folk is i mean it's what history is really we think we know what happened yeah we don't really because even when history is written down it's always written by someone mm. who has a certain view and is being probably told to write it down in a certain way yeah um it's only now really with with like the the so kind of yeah the internet and social media that we can be really you can you can see a hundred different opinions on the same thing rather than just this is how it happened yeah which is quite amazing really that yeah. we now have but you know maybe in a thousand years they'll be like we have no idea what happened because there was a million <laughs> different things written down <laughs> so diluted and any vi video footage you know could have been edited or whatever and yeah i mean he there's a re he was talking on this podcast who kind of and it was making me think about our modern a day of 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 spin and of propaganda and and of um telling you know people having their own versions of the truth but you know in in that in this time the poet was ha, had such a massive um a massive influence um and the king would hire the poet to write um great things about them and write you know to talk about them as being fantastic but also if the king stepped out of line the poet would very quickly say if you don't sort this out i'm going to tell everyone that you're an idiot and the king would be like all right i'm really sorry and the poet had they, they said i think it was that a, a kingdom needed to have a, a king a poet and a bishop and this was like what was seen as the essential three and the poet would have been paid by the king to write good things but then you also had satirists who were basically like spin doctors or propagandists and they would go off and say bad things about different kings. Mm. Um, and they used to, and if a king uh, did something awful, all the poets and satirists would gather together and basically share bad shit about them and say what, how awful they were. Um, I wish I remembered this guy's name, but we'll put it, we'll put it in the description, but it was on the Blind Boy podcast, the most recent one. Um, and it's a great, great discussion on on sort of these traditions and, and oral storytelling and, and folklore and mythology in Ireland. So, yeah.
really interesting. Mm. Power of the poet. Yeah, it's still it's still the case. I think it's still it's just in a different way with movies, basically. Yeah, movies and TV, and we're still being told stories, and we're still being told who is good and who is bad. Yeah, and unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah. Or fortunately, <laughs> I'm not really sure anymore. Uh, yeah. yeah, but it's yeah, it's just changed so much, and it's 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 just a different thing now. And yeah, I guess it's still beautiful if you if you see it like that. Um, but you get to choose which stories to listen to. Yeah, exactly. A bit more than you used to, I guess. When you know back in the day, you just had the stories that were told to you. Now we have a million stories on our tellies and. Yeah, choose which ones to be a part of. I think it's something. It's something that I, I think about a lot in terms of education and in terms of the kids that I teach. Um, where, you know, essentially they have access to all of the information and, as you said, all of the stories that are available, possible on on the internet. Um, you know, arguably and, but what and and instead of really sort of just teaching them information we need to start teaching how to appraise that information and how to mm. critically think about it. Mm. And there are some education systems that do that and, and it is taught in some systems, but I think it's such a vital thing because otherwise, you know, the stuff that gets put out, you know, so much of it is, is not, not coming from good sources or not scientifically valid or, or not being fact-checked. Um, and I think we need to teach kids because there's no point really, you know, there's important. it's important to teach them basic information, but there's no the source of information is the internet now that's just the way things are um but we need to teach kids how to access that and and approach it and think about it and and appraise it mm. um i think it's a it's a real yeah we're in like a, a stra- an interesting point um critical thinking is key yeah yeah it's key interesting what point at what point is a, a book reliable and the internet unreliable mm. what, what i remember being at uni and, and them saying you know you can't just get stuff from the internet yeah and it's like why someone's mm. just written it just like they've written a book it's just mm. not been published mm. it just hasn't gone through a certain process which i have no idea if it's true or not yeah and also a book goes out of date quite quickly mm. you know whereas the internet can be updated and changed um it's always the argument against wikipedia that it can be changed by by lots of people but actually in some ways it's almost like having a million editors looking at it yeah. you know yeah, yeah. um and and i have actually worked with a student who like played around and changed things on wikipedia <clears throat> in the middle of a lesson and within five minutes someone had edited it and changed it back he put in like a joke the line and within five minutes it had been changed back to the real thing that's amazing yeah but then it also means that you know some sometimes like i remember this story that a, a journalist that um a, a student i think in dublin when some famous musician died put a fake, a fake bit of information on the wikipedia article and the next day every single newspaper had run with this fake bit of information no so all of the journalists writing about this musician went on the wikipedia page and looked um and it was fake and then this this journalist student in dublin was like i just made it up just put it in there last yeah. night and yeah. you know uh, just goes to show. <laughs> oh God. Um, so what are we up to these days? What What's happening in Emberstown? Yeah. Oh my God, so much. Uh, we've got a couple of gigs coming up. We've got quite a quiet July in terms of public gigs. Mm. We've got quite a few, 
quite a few private things going on, mm. you know, functions and stuff. But in August, we have a Cafe Cairo event on the... 15th, 15th. of August, Thursday. Oh, yeah, Thursday 15th, which I won't be at. No. But there'll be some other badass musicians there. I'm yeah. not saying that I'm a badass musician. <laughs> that sounded really twatty. There'll be some badass musicians there who aren't me, uh, is what I meant to say. And then we are at... Uh, Dalston Curve Garden, 27th of August. Oh, that's a big one. That is a big one. Dalston Curve Garden, beautiful place if you've not been... It's in Dulston. Yeah, it's with it's a wood burner. Garden that curves. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I didn't think much about the name. Anyway, it's a beautiful place, and they have beautiful pizza. And we're going to do a whole evening of stories and music there, um, with some new material. Yeah, could be some see some stuff that you've never seen before. Pulling out all the stops for this, one, aren't we? We're going to get some some uh, great stuff in. We're we're going to put a new piece together. Yeah, we've got a really great. Um, duo uh, clown outfit uh, joining us called Stumble Trip, um, who are just phenomenal. They, yeah. did, they did a show with us last month at, in Cafe Cairo and they blew everyone's minds. Yeah. My, my mind is <laughs> yeah. completely blown. They smashed it. They, they kind of they do physical performance, physical theatre, and, and, and alongside us, orig- completely original stories. That they've that they've made themselves and it's just beautiful. Yeah, can't wait to so, to see what they bring for the yeah, curve garden. Definitely come to that one if you're around. Yeah, so you can find tickets on uh, the Woodburner website or on our Facebook page or the Woodburner Facebook page, mm-hmm. um, and just search for it. And um, 27th of August. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to chat about? Um, I think that's kind of it. I guess uh, me and Tim, just before we started recording, we're saying that if you have any story suggestions um, or anything you would like to hear in the podcast, if you come along to our live shows and you see a story and you think, oh my God, I'd love that recorded, um, feel free to send us over a message on either Facebook or you can send us an email on theemberscollective at gmail.com and we will try our absolute best. And if there's any performers you'd like to hear, um we will yeah we will obviously try to get them in um and see if they're available but yeah uh, let us know if you have any, I like any that thoughts. idea that's a great idea like voting for i want i want to hear sarah Luther tell a story about um vampires yeah <laughs> with music from josh yeah we need to get sarah lisa in we always we always do these recordings and she's she's busy or not around so we need to find a day that she's free and get her to do a couple yeah we love sarah lisa we do All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening and we'll see you in two weeks. Lots of love. Bye.